the product out, bro. Yeah. Um, we, we're just all just selling to each other nonstop. Yeah, hey, let, let, let's let, let's move. Let's stick on to our schedule, right? right? Talking about value and product, right? Um, how and when do we negotiate a pay raise in our current situation? Mm. Go I ahead, know, Mr. Know, Wait, wait. I know a lot of people yeah, are say some of us is on their own. I'm <laughs> <laughs> negotiating no pay raise. Right. 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 Think about that. Okay, so we can we can say not only rate, not only pay raise, but you know. Um, Price raise for your price product. increase, my yeah. services. Oh yeah. So, but, but go ahead, Mr. Grant. I that. think we've all been in corporate America, <clears throat> and some of us are still in corporate America, and we, you know, have side hustles. But I think, um, I mean, I think this question came actually from a listener um, who was asking. I think she was up for um, a review, actually, in her current position. And she was struggling with how she should approach her bosses with asking for a raise. So, I mean, in my experience, um, you know, my advice to her would be, for one, to approach the situation with numbers. Yeah, data. So I always, you know, I had this great mentor when I started off in corporate America who told me, you know, Tony, as long as you can make as much money as you get paid, you can justify your existence. So I always come to the table with, okay, this is what I did for the company. You know, if I make 150 G's, that paperwork better damn sure say at least $151,000. But beyond that, if I'm asking for a, um, a raise, I want to show the money I made above that. So I'm keeping track of everything that I participated in that brought value into the company. So I'll give you an example. When I worked for waste management, you know, I was, I managed probably a $26 million book of business. And so every time I went into a situation where I'm responding to an RFP or I brought in money, I'm like, okay, you got this money because of me. <laughs> And this is what I brought into the corporation. So, you know, in the Colorado marketplace, you know, in any particular years, between 20 and $26 million. So if I'm coming to the table and I'm asking for a raise, I'm like, dog, just give me a percent. <laughs> you can afford it. You can afford it. Now, that's how I, how I would approach um, how much to ask for in terms of when. I think the one-on-one -on -one or the mid-year review or the um, annual review would be probably the best time to do it. You should do it twice a year. I agree. I, 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 learned, I agree. I learned that from a mentor. You should ask for a raise twice a year. Just like you said, you need to have data backing your accomplishments. If they ask you on a special project, you jot that down when your numbers are better than whatever the goal is set at, you jot that down. You let them know your value. They want to know your value. They already know your value, but if you don't know your value, they're going to keep quiet. Oh, yeah. You know, this is your uh, half a year review. I mean, you just like, oh, okay, yeah, you hit this, you hit this, you hit this. You need to work on this, but you're good. 
if that ain't your time to say, hey, well, I hit three out of four, you know, or I'm hitting four out of four, shoot high. Never ask for a dollar amount. Like you said, you always ask for a percentage. And you learn their rules of increases. Some companies will say, like, for uh, a half of your review, increases is only 4%. Well, ask for four. They might give you three. They might give you four. You don't know unless you ask. Now, don't go in there like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Can I get a raise? <laughs> no. <laughs> nah, it's not happening because you, you barely stayed on, you know. But as long as you know your value, that's the time to ask. But you have to do the work. You just got to say, hey, whether you're in that, that position where you are, you have met, uh, metrics to where they can follow, that's what you need to do. You need to just keep up with you, what you've done, and, and that's your time to present your case. <sighs> so, <laughs> I think workforce. I all these we got the HR here. professional about this shot, man. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting him go. I'm letting him go. Sure. I'm sorry. Everybody asks questions. <laughs> no. Uh, so, I look at it from, from a lot of different perspectives. Like, I think in some cases, and this is all dependent upon each person's and where each person's situation where they're at. I think preemptive strikes are good, right? When I call a preemptive strike is when, you know, you aren't making what you want to make or you know you have the potential to make more elsewhere, but the company may not be really, you know, looking at you like that, even though you've hit every single mark and exceeded everything. So you go somewhere else and they're like, hey, we'll take you, right? Preemptive strike. And you're saying, hey, man, they're getting ready to offer me this because you want your company to counter you, right? And that happens in the public sector, and that also happens in the private sector. And I want people to understand public sector work versus private sector, completely different, slash the game plan has to be a little bit more, has to be a lot more different (laughs) and how you go about it, right? So a preemptive strike of saying, all right, man, well, I make 150, but this company over here is saying 180, right? Now, if you know that you're the only one right now that can do this type of work, if you're almost like a sole proprietor, like, right, like you are that person to do this, right, and it's hard for them to find this within the region, that company, organization, whoever, they might have to just really listen to you and really mm-hmm. meet, your, meet your needs yeah. at that point, right? I think that that's kind of like the last thing that you really want to do. If you go in there with a preemptive strike, you could cause yourself to have issues. Uh, culturally, people might kind of shun you in some some shape, form, or fashion. But you have to kind of play that situation cool and know who you're dealing with before you go into that. Um, when it comes to negotiating the the dollar amount per year, like I'll give you an example. Um, I'm not gonna call my wife out because she's not the one asking for for the raise, but one of her coworkers is. Um, but after she explained to me every single thing, like the girl had already got a raise for moving over to a new uh, area, plus she got two more bumps up. And then on the end in your review, she was just like, why didn't I get, you know, more than like 10%? <laughs> I was like, yo, you just got bumped up like three times. Like the company's back like, hey man, you, you good. Like we hit you off with like 10% just to move over here. So why are you asking for another 10? Like quit tripping. I think sometimes we always have to look at our situations and be like, all right, I, I went back to the bank, went back to the well a little too much. Let me let the well fill up a little bit before I go back to it. Um, 
But at the same time, that's a great point. Yeah. At the same time, you have to really look at and be like, well, damn, did I put in the work that I said I did? Or, you know, am I just trying to get what everybody else is getting? Mm -hmm. That imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome. But also look at, on top of that, and this woman, this National Women's Month right now, too, right? When I look at certain wages, I go into a company and I look at, you know, the issues that they're having with pay rates and people and education and all of these things. It is extremely, like, you see the disparity 100%. Like, the numbers are right there, smack you in the face. Like, same degree, same amount of time. This is literally the same person. It's just the gender is different. That right there screams red flag. And that's not you going around and saying, hey, what, what do you make? What do you, what'd you get this year? What'd you get this year? But there's some times where you get, you get to really know and like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, yo, you just pulled up in a new Lexus, man. Like, wait a minute, we got the same job, bro, right now. Wait, 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 wait. Now. <laughs> hey, we all know everybody's credit is different. You might have, you know, additional uh, uh, income coming in or whatever it is, but at the same time, there's some 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 discrepancies, right? That's so it, came in. It, it does, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I think sometimes it does take a little bit of. Sometimes you gotta go in and be like, "Hey, man, what y'all got? Y'all gotta pull them covers open." Like, it's a bad metaphor to use here, but you know, sometimes you gotta tell that company to spread their legs, man. Like, what's going on up in here, man? Like, we gotta know. <laughs> you just you just said it's national. <laughs> you just said it's National Women's Month. <laughs> <laughs> reference. No, 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 no. Hey, I personally like sharp, sharpen their pencils. <laughs> I personally like that. Today's sponsor, <laughs> Bullet Rock. <laughs> Yo, and that applies to every male. Yes, There's yes, men absolutely. And women, don't, don't DV over here trying to get me caught. But <laughs> you did. It. You know, man. Hey, spread your legs. <laughs> Anyways, man, off that. But yeah, man. So I think. Uh, you negotiate it you really have to pay attention to the to the organization uh if everybody doesn't know uncle nearest just arrived here <laughs> personally he personally arrived. <laughs> uh, it's just about how you how do you negotiate and, and how the how the organization is structured uh and knowing what you can uh get away with slash what you can ask for um that's why i say you know what having an organization uh, that uh was that Drizzle? Trans- transparent, you know? Shout out to Drizzle. Shout out to Drizzle. <laughs> right. um, Can we get some sponsorship, Drizzle? Yeah, man. So, We're going to move on to the next topic. For can, we go, can we talk about the women? No. It's too early. No, we're going to talk about Kirk Franklin. We're going to hit up Kirk Franklin. <laughs> that, was, that was a great segue. We just, <laughs> so, 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 hold on, before, before we go to Kirk, can I just add my two cents on the race thing? <clears throat> All right, go ahead. So, I agree with everybody. But I actually want to say one thing. When you're actually looking at a race, I want you to understand what are you looking at a race for? What is it about? Are you just trying to get a raise, get a new bag, get a new whip? Are you trying to buy a house? Are you trying to start a business? What are you really trying to get a raise for, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that you need to look at is that where do you work? Can yeah. it afford the race? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there are a lot of times we go into places who can't even afford the raise, right? Um, so if you're going to go into that concept and you're going to do this, just have a real understanding and a plan of who you're asking the money from, right. the work that you're actually putting out, and what is your end goal, right? Sometimes when you're asking for a raise, that company that you're asking for that raise from is not your end goal, right? So you have to understand that piece of the puzzle, too, to 
And understand that when you're negotiating that, you might not get the numbers that you want, but you might get something. But where do you go after that to make sure that you're continuously growing in that concept? But I'm just going to say that I don't want you to just look for a raise. I want that raise to be attached to another portion of your life that's going to change your life in a very significant way, not to just get you a new bag, right? I want it to be something that's meaningful to you, right? It's like, if you're just trying to get a raise to go to Miami because we're talking about it, that ain't worth it. It's really not worth it, right? You're actually wasting your time and your energy. So if you're actually trying to get a raise, make sure that raise is a raise to actually change your life and your family's life significantly if you can in the process. Go ahead, Mr. Joseph. And I'll just leave. And I'll let Tony, I know you want to wrap up this one because this was your topic. When you get that raise or when you get more money, you start to make more money in certain aspects, whether it be even in your own business or in, in your career. Understand that there's going to be more responsibility asked of you, right? So you can make $200,000, but Understand, do you want that $200,000 a year stress that comes along with that job? If you're the VP, if you're the, the head of, or if you're the C, if you're in a C-suite, and you're asking for a raise, which most of the time you're either dictating a raise because your raise is already automatic, yeah. um, understand what the responsibility is. Because I went through that where I was just like, I need this and I need that. I wanted a certain amount of money raised. And they were like, well, yeah, you have knocked things out the park. Well, I'm glad that you said that. Because I want you to do more. If I'm going to give this to you, I want more out of you. And I said, yeah. Not really understanding <laughs> the amount of stress that was going to come with that and how to manage that stress, right? And so I'm at a point in my career, I know how to manage my stress, how to organize my week. Like Sunday nights, I'm organizing my week. I'm prepping myself for certain meetings, prepping myself for certain deliverables that need to be met or whatever it is, right? And even as a consultant, on an independent side and then as a consultant that works for a company, you know, when you're talking about contract mining and looking for additional work because I can charge more because if I have like six different projects, I can go over 80 hours a week or every two weeks or something like mm -hmm. that. So how much more stress do you want? How much more work do you want? Um, and you really have to think about that besides just knowing, well, I need more money because my rent after I pay rent I'm at this amount nah okay you can be at that amount but you're going to be working an extra two hours you know mm -hmm. during that night or that day or taking that work home with you or working at home even more longer <laughs> depending <laughs> on what your situation is but understand what that what that entails as well and are you willing to take that and how you negotiate that work mm -hmm. that comes along with that pay raise and I'm, I'm done so you want to take this home? no I just want to add, add something to this so <clears throat> We often, when we talk about this, this, or when we have this conversation about pay raises, you know, we often get into, uh, you know, they don't know my value. You know, I'm worth this, I'm worth that. My perspective changed a bit when I became a business owner. Mm -hmm. So, okay, cool. So, you believe you're worth that. All right. So, how much do you believe in the company that you're working for? What is their value? Yeah, yeah. So if you want them to believe in you and your value, how much do you believe in the company and their value? Correct. So I think that was one thing that I was missing, you know, prior to becoming a business owner. Like, okay, I have real debt out here in terms of the business that I have. Mm -hmm. You know, I have 
receivables and (laughs) all kind of things that I have to pay every month. And then you as an employee, yes, you are a resource to me, but how much do you believe in the company that you're working for? Ooh, that's that's real, especially if you work for a small business. Absolutely. That's some platinum uh, information right there. So, I mean, I I would... It's real. Yeah. I would hope you consider that. You know, like I said, my perspective is totally different now that I have a business in which, okay, are we going to grow together? Because I'm absolutely going to invest in you if you believe in this company. I know we got to move on, but he makes a great point because I work for a small, which I still do, for a small business consultancy. That's a lot of work, major projects. But the one that I was with before, he asked me kind of that same question, a lot more different. He was different. But <laughs> what you gonna do for me? It was like, hey, like what the fuck is this? A mom? Is this a man? So but that's real because at 22, 23 when I had that job, I didn't understand, right? Like I'll just go ahead and break it open, dude. I was making fifteen bucks an hour. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was doing full time, but I wasn't working full-time right on his books he was paying me out of his pocket right and so i had to i was 1099 at that point and so me trying to justify um you know pretty much you know my value to the company was hard bro like i didn't understand that this dude was pretty much footing the bill in order to get more work on the actual contract so he could bring me on and here i am asking for more like hey man put me on like i need insurance i need this i need that he's like I need to be able to justify that to the client, what you do, your value, your time, you know what I mean? All of those things. I didn't realize that at 22, right? right? I didn't understand. Like, oh, bro, you a millionaire. Like, pay me, man. Give me that. You know, I'm just thinking, right, young kid right, shit, right. bro. On the back end, when you start looking at somebody's uh, overhead mm-hmm. and you start talking about, you know, leasing, you start talking when that invoices do. Your invoices do, and then managing all of those things that you might take out a little quick, little, you know, side loan real quick in right. order to make this happen. That was like eye opening to me and understanding that now as a business owner and now as somebody who helps small businesses within this sector um, actually become more successful, how you have to kind of cut some corners and what have you. So it's really about how you, if you're a smaller business, if you're employing people, or if you're a person that's employed right. by a small business. You really got to look at the entire picture and how you actually help with the growth of that company. Hence, what Tony just said: how are you adding to the value of so, the investment? So, so I think part of that conversation goes into. And I just think this is a human thing, right? I'm not gonna say it's man, woman, or sex, whatever. It's almost like when you're learning business in life. When you like, when you open a business, you count every penny. Yeah. When you are just running life, you count every dollar. There's a difference in your mentality, right? Where when you're just living and you're just kicking it sometimes, you're not actually counting every penny. You're just counting every dollar that comes through and the change is just changing. It just falls where it may. <clears throat> but when you actually own a business, the change can't fall where it may. You're counting every penny that goes along that train. And I think that's the biggest difference that we don't actually understand. And when we go into those moments when they're like, hey, I need a raise, right? I need this or I want that. You're coming from this I want space, right? Where the person you're asking from it from is thinking about everything else yeah. that it takes to get you that want. And I just don't think we think about it in the right context sometimes. So it's like, I think that's the only difference, right? And it's like, if you think about individual families and people who are successful, 
not business-wise, but just successful families, just because they count every penny. They don't skip the they don't skip the dollars, right? They count every penny. And that just goes back to what a successful business looks like. A successful business counts every penny. They don't actually just count the dollars that come in, they count every penny. And I think if we all understood what that concept looked like in a personal life, in a business life, we would all live healthier lives, right? And that's why a lot of people in their personal lives would be like, so they'll have a business that's flourishing, but their personal life sucks ass, right? <laughs> You're right. Right, then the money sucks over right. here. It's, it's that concept that's happening, mm-hmm. right? In the business, they're counting every penny mm-hmm. because they got all this other stuff going on. But in their personal lives, they're only counting the dollars. Right. And there's a lot of money in the change. And you got to really figure that piece out. So let me ask you this. I know JB's like, man, if you need Yeah, he moderated. Yeah. Hey, we just got on vacation. We got to talk. Right. First of all, y'all dropping jewels. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully they picking up what y'all dropping down. You know what I'm saying? Keep it going. Appreciate it. So let me let me break this down a little bit. So we have people who in this build in this in this moment right now, in this on this podcast set, from one Years past, I've had to 1099 certain people, right? Like, COVID for me, my business, I didn't do very well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did some some well. It's starting to pick back up now because yeah. of what's going on in the country, right? <laughs> but then years past, it was like, you know, stable, steady. I was like, hey, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so 1099 is somebody who's already a seasoned professional is one thing, mm-hmm. right? We already negotiate. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. it's going to go. So. Yeah. 1099, see you later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about somebody who is working for the Addicts brand or somebody who's working okay. for 1770 Armory or somebody who's working for Katie Savoy, who you may have to 1099, but yeah. as an employee long-term on a deal and how they negotiate their rate is something where you really have to make sure that they're educated upon. And so let me ask this for somebody who okay. has a business that's out there listening, whether you're making candles or you're doing painting or whether you're doing whatever it is, right? And you don't have employees but people asking you for certain things. How do you, could you justify prices, rates, or anything like that for your services uh, in order to make sure that the people that are on your staff are well taken care of? Uh, But in hindsight, how do you even talk to them and negotiate on how much you're going to pay them for a certain thing that you're going to do, a certain service or whatever it is. Just It's a broad, weird question here, but I just want you to kind of compress it a little bit. Um, so that's an actual very interesting question, right? So sometimes in business, you just got a business. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all it is sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a business. You're not actually making money. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> sometimes you're just actually doing it to actually have a portfolio for yourself mm-hmm. to grow other opportunities. I don't think we understand that sometimes. Sometimes we think that because we have a business, it's all about making money and being profitable. That's not actually always the case, right? The case is you just actually building a portfolio. So if I actually had five businesses, then I can take those five businesses to the bank and get a loan versus having the one business and getting that loan. Right. So I just think people need to understand that every time you start a business, it's not going to always be a profitable process. Right. It might just be a business. That's just what it is. The person who's running it for you might be all the money you're spending because you're paying them to continue to run your business. That's just how business is sometimes. I think a lot of us have this misconception or dream that someone's open this business, no. I'm going to be making bread, right? No, it's not working like that, right? You, you, 
either you doing the work or you paying somebody to do the work. Correct. It's one of the two things, right? So if you're paying somebody to do the work, not to be funny, you're not making no money. Right. If you're paying yourself to do the work, if you already got another job and all that other stuff, I guarantee you your shit is lacking. Yeah. I can guarantee you that, right? Yeah. So there's a sacrifice involved in all of this, right? The reason Coca-Cola can do it is because they've been around forever, right? Mm -hmm. The reason that they can pay the people with their pay is because they're everywhere, right? Things take growth. Things take time, right? I take a, a shooting brand like Beretta, right? <clears throat> Beretta has been around forever as far as the gun industry has been. But they opened up their clothing brand 10 years ago. They just opened their first flag store this year, <clears throat> 10 years ago, Cherry Creek. That Cherry one in Cherry Creek, Creek right? Yep. So I'm using that as an example of here it is. We have an established gun brand that is making millions of dollars every year. But it took them 10 years to open a clothing store, right? right? Because it took them 10 years to get people to understand they had a clothing line. Mm -hmm. They had a brand that you could actually wear along with shooting, right? So it's shooting get, cheap. And it's not cheap, right? No, it's <laughs> not cheap. It's how you make goods. It's great quality. I, I yeah. give them that, right? But what, what I'm saying is that these things take time. So while they were actually pushing this clothing brand for 10 years, they were losing money the entire time. They were dependent upon the actual gun sales to keep the clothing going. So I don't think we as people understand that. Sometimes you need multiple streams to keep one stream going. Because yeah. that one stream might really be the dream, but it might take 10 years for people to realize that that shit is the real. Sure. And then that, that's how it pops. But so conversely, uh, I'm just curious, yeah. how are they doing against Glock in terms of clothing? So, so clothing-wise... They're still at the bottom of the tier because okay. this is the first year they actually opened up a store, right? Okay. But as far as they've had a constant stream of sales for 10 years online, mm -hmm. but before they actually had a physical brick and mortar, it took them 10 years to have a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. and so that's really what I'm trying to get people to understand is that sometimes certain things just takes time, yeah. real investment, sweat equity, <laughs> and all of those different things. And also the vision, yeah. right? And yeah. Because Beretta's clothing line isn't like Glock. No. It's not like no. fucking dad hats not at and, all. you know, fucking fishing shirts. It's right? straight up. It's real hunter shit, It's bro. real hunter shit. Hunter okay. shit if you skeet shoot, like, yes. I'm talking about that leather band, right? I mean, or right here wherever you shoot, yeah. uh -huh. hangs inside yeah. of that. I mean, oh, wow. We're talking, we're talking quality gear. Oh, I gotta check that uh, out. Gore-Tex, <laughs> yeah. thousand dollars for yeah. just, uh, just the yeah. best. Gore-Tex wow. is partnered with them. Yeah, Gore-Tex <laughs> is partnered with them to keep the quality. So they have great quality, right? So, so there's a catch 22 at all, right? So here it is. They have a clothing brand that's actually bleeding. And they're actually paying for the clothing man through the gun sales. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of how business works in a lot of different ways. That's right. And so we got to understand that as people, we got to understand as business people, right, that everything ain't going to always pop. Right. Like, <laughs> a lot of times you're going to be bleeding for the first five, six years that you're really running the business in order to get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and do you have those magical ones that just pop out there? Yeah, yeah, you do have that from time to time. but. Yeah. The average business does not do that. And I just wish that people understood that and knew that this is this is work. This is a hustle. Like yeah. I have several streams of income to try to make this one stream <laughs> my dream. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. And, and you know, bringing it back to kind of the work in which, you know, some of us do, whether you're independent contractors or whether you have multiple streams or you're doing photography, all of these things, right? Like when it comes to you justifying right that and I think we've talked about this in unpublished shows yes. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> when you are out there doing your thing and, you know, your rate may be, let's just say your rate, and this is not my rate, close. But <laughs> if, if you say a rate is 250 an hour for something, right, right, and you know that this client has it, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm dealing in this area, this industry, my rate is 250 you know, usually it is, but in this case, it may have to kind of go up. And so how do you, and I'm asking this from <laughs> DB because DB over here got a secret deal going on. I ain't going to blow him up. But how do you justify that rate, even though you've never been seen, even though know, you've never been, you know, uh, you know, consulted or whatever it is with this company? How do you justify that? For that secret deal? <laughs> they're they're paying for me to be exclusive, right? So you got to pay for that. You got to you know, I got other projects. I'm not gonna you know not handle those projects, but they're not gonna be the priority. In order to make you a priority, I'm not gonna tell you, but you've asked me to be a priority. Mm -hmm. So this is that price. Well, I only wanted to spend this. No, you didn't. No, you did because you you wouldn't have asked me to be a priority. I mean, you have to know everybody's situation is different. You know, um, there's even clients where I know the magnitude of work that I get put in, so I'm going to ask for a higher rate. You know, and if if you can't pay that, you had to have some kind of idea I was going to give you whatever my rate was going to be because you came to me exclusive or where you were recommended. I found you here. I've only heard good things then you know my value. So you can't say if you try to devalue my work without even seeing it, but all you've heard was good things, we're not going to negotiate like that. And at the same time, I'm willing to walk away real quick. Oh, well, then I'm, I'm not the guy for you. Just that easy. And that turns it around. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, let's talk about it. You know, what if we did this? I mean, even if you took that out, it's still the same rate. I had one lady. She, she wanted me to build a website for her. I told her the amount. Somehow in the email, she came back and says, oh, well, I don't want 11 pages because I don't want to pay that much. It doesn't matter if you want 11 pages. It's still within this range. It's still going to be this price. Oh, well, why is it so high? Because that's my time. It's going to take for me to create that. You know, so... This isn't what we've already discussed this. We discussed this the first time. We discussed this the last time, you know, the second phone call, and now we're in this email discussing it. I already know where this is going to go. I'm not the guy for you. Yeah. You know? So, my take on that is <clears throat> if you're going to do business with a particular brand or a company or whatever the case may be, the very first thing that you should do is actually find out how much that brand or company is worth. Right? That should be your very first goal. You need to know how much their bottom line is, how much they actually make a year. So that way you actually understand what they can actually pay. Secondly, you need to actually figure out what is the project that they're asking you to do. Is the project that they're asking you to be a part of going to be a monetizing gain for them? Are they going to make money off of this project that they're asking you to do, right? And if they're asking you to do it, how much more is it going to add to the bottom line of the company at the bottom of the year? That's what changes the pay rate for me, right? It depends on the project, what you're asking me to do, and how much value I'm actually going to bring to your company at the end of the year, right? So it's like, if I know I'm going to work with, say, Nike, 
and they want me to do something, I know y'all are making a billion dollars a year or so, then my rate is going to reflect that, right? Because I also understand that whatever I create, design, or market for you, you're going to sell and you're going to make 10, 20 times more than what you actually gave me for that whole process, right? So to me, it goes back into actually doing the homework, figuring out how much the company is actually worth, how much they're actually paying you for the project, how much the project is actually going to produce for them and their bottom line, how it's going to increase, and lastly, how much do you want of that? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to is that when you have these moments, you got to understand the money. If you don't understand the money, you're going to lose. If you don't understand the money, you might ask for money that they don't even have. You might ask for money that this project is not actually even going to produce. Right? It's, it's a conversation of doing the research first. It's a conversation about doing your homework first, figuring out who your opponent is before you actually get in the ring. That's what this really is all about, right? And so when it comes to uh, me doing IT work, how are you going to get charged based off of how much you worth? I'm not going to come in there and be like, okay, cool, Nike, I'm going to charge you $20 an hour because I know I want to charge a small business that Nike, you're not a small business. Right. Nike, you're going to get the hammer. You're getting $1,500 an hour. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the hammer because you can afford it. And here's another thing, too. Um, kind of in that, that deal that Tells was talking about, they kind of already let it out that they already was looking at somebody else. Well, what was you willing to pay them? Because obviously, if you came to me and you was willing to pay them and they're considered bigger, I know yeah, my price right. may not have necessarily be. have been, it may not be their price, but it's going to be worth my time and it's yeah. going to be more than what, like you said, I would charge a small business. And, and the last thing I want everybody to understand is that when you're doing these projects, you have to ask the questions of how are these projects going to be used? Is this project just going to be used in the United States or is this project going to be used globally? Yeah. Now you got to really think about the concept of how your creativity is going to be used. So that way, if they're going to use this creativity in, say, Japan or Costa Rica or a whole other place, you want credit for that. Yeah. So that way, if, you're in, if your product or your creation is in that country, you get credit for it, not that company, right? So it's a, it's a really big conversation of understanding your value, right? Understanding who you're working with, right? And some of these situations are, and aren't even worth it, to be honest with you, because if they're not willing to promote you in the process and help you grow your brand, then it's not worth it either, right? So all money ain't good money. So right. again, True. I say you base it off based on how much that company actually makes, how much more money your project is going to bring the company, and how much you're actually worth in that process. So. Don't just walk in the room and be like, hey, I want $25, right? <laughs> They'll give you $25 because I know I'm about to make $200 million, right? right? right. But if I know this project I'm about to get out, which is going to make me 200, gonna make you $200 million, all right, bro, I'm going to need at least $200,000, right? And I'm, I'm going to need a good percentage of that, you know what I mean? And so I think that's what we lose at in a lot of these conversations is that when we talk about value, we're always looking at ourselves, right? You got to look at the whole picture. What is the whole picture? What is the company worth? What is the project worth? Or what is it going to produce? And how do you add to that production? I just, I just want to add, and we'll wrap this up like after this, but I just want to say, listening to this conversation and knowing the background of the brothers at this table, I just want to say, yo, I'm proud of us. Straight up, like from where we come from, having these conversations about value, 
and about business. And about business.